You're listening to Cannabis Health Radio. Here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. And just a reminder to listeners, if you'd like to help us out here at Cannabis Health Radio, go to our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Go to the donate page and make a pledge, either a one-time donation or you can have a monthly donation if you'd like for as little as $3 a month, just 3 bucks a month. That's CannabisHealthRadio.com. And for those who have contributed so far, we thank you. On the website WebMD, oral cancer is defined as a growth or sore in the mouth that does not go away. Oral cancer, which includes cancers of lips, tongue, cheeks, floor of the mouth, hard and soft palate, sinuses, and throat, can be life-threatening if not diagnosed and treated early. Our guest today had oral cancer, and he's with us to tell his story and the use of cannabis. And joining us is Fernando Lopez from Los Angeles, California. Fernando, good of you to join us, and thanks very much for telling your story. No, thank you. I appreciate you guys having me and giving me the opportunity to actually share my story with the rest of the world. Take us through your story about your mouth cancer. Okay. Um, it all probably started probably about six years ago now because I'm actually one year with cancer remission. So um, I would say it probably started in about 20, 2011 when I actually started feeling um, a little sore in the inner inner side of my gum. And it was, it, you know, it didn't bother me for a while, but it was getting painful and it was growing. But it wasn't really big. I would say it was probably the size of just the tip of a pea. So it wasn't really, really, really big. So I, I started going to the dentist and I started doing the normal routine, you know, people would do with, with normal concerns about things. So I started I started visiting the dentist and the dentist told me, well, no, it looks like it might be a lymph node or, or something in that nature. So I, I, I kind of let it go for a while. And I started noticing as time, it started growing more and more. And by this time, I noticed it was probably about a year and a half later. So I, I followed up again, and I, 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 I tried seeing what more I could do. And really, they just kept on telling me, oh, it's, it's probably a, a tooth that you had. And I never had dental work, so I was surprised that they would mention that. So, you know, hmm. I kind of was, well, skeptical. You know, I was kind of like, all right, well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe I did have, you know, maybe something did happen there. Right. But then again, I remember, I remembered when I was about 21 years old, I had a, a, what was it? I had a, a wisdom tooth that wasn't coming out properly. So I ended up getting ill from that because it got infected. It, it's saddening then because even then, this was back when I was about 21 years old. This is back in, I say, 2000. I actually got real ill. I had, it might sound ugly, but a lot of people don't see this case. I actually had a pus bag growing from my lower cheeks all the way down to my chest cavity. Wow. And it was no, and it was really bad. No, no, it was really bad. And I, I, I kind of thought because of that, the doctors here didn't know how to treat it. And I had lockjaw, so I wasn't able to take medication down normally. 
So I went to see a family practitioner and he actually shot me up with um, penicillin. And when he did that, that lowered my defense system. So that's when my, my, my body just stopped defending itself and, and it accumulated the, the pus. And I ended up having to go to Mexico because the doctors here, like I said, they, they didn't know how to treat it. So I went down there and I was there probably for about seven months, eight months. But when I first got there, the doctor looked at me and he didn't, he didn't even want to treat me. He didn't want to treat me. So he was like, I don't know how to attack this. You know, he was, he was very dumbstruck and he actually studied here in the States. So, you know, he, he, he was scratching his head and he didn't know how to, how to go about it. So he came up with a quick solution was to make two incisions on each side of my cheek and to squeeze out all the, all the bad, you know, he went ahead and did that and I recuperated and I was there for seven months, like I said, and throughout that time, he was, he was actually putting tweezers into my face in between my cheek and my, my face cavity. So it was painful, you know, he, he would have to numb it and, and go through that process. So oh. as time went on, he, and it's weird because I thought that might have something to do with when me getting the cancer later on, but it wasn't because I realized then is that he was pulling the tissue as far as up to almost my, my inner earlobe. So I know he was going pretty high and getting out all the dead tissue. So then again, I, you know, I, I would scratch my head. Maybe that has something to do with this and maybe something has to do with that. And so no, long case, long case scenario, fast forward to 2014, I had gotten to the point where I just couldn't take the sickness anymore, the pain, the headaches and the tomb, the, the, the cyst, well, I call it, it was a cyst at one point it had grown and it became a tumor and it had became the size of um, Ian, if you look at your thumb, mm-hmm. you would see the size of the meaty part of your thumb. It's pretty big, right? Yeah. Okay. Imagine that in the inner side of your cheek. So I had that growing in the inside of my cheek. And I, I started going to the doctors early, early 2014. Mm-hmm. I started going to the doctors and telling them my concern. And I started noticing that my weight was starting to decrease and my appetite. And, and it was just getting bad. And I didn't really start getting to the worst case until probably, I would say, the ending of, of 2014. Because throughout that whole year, I was going through battles with the doctors. Because honestly, my family owns a, a, a mechanic business out in the area. Mm-hmm. So it's not like if we don't have financial to, to actually cover the medical costs. We're not, we're not the most wealthiest, but at least I know I could have covered that. Me being born here... I wanted to expunge as much as the medical system as I could. So I, I, I would go to my, my doctors, I would make appointments, and I started noticing very quickly within four months. I started noticing that the doctors weren't really paying any attention to, to, um, to my situation. They were just telling me, oh, well, just take Tylenol or just take this or just take that. And all they're doing was just trying to, you know, band-aid it and, and just trying to, cover up their their tracks on their part so worst case scenario came in i would say september of 2014 that's when i finally went back to my dentist again and that's when he pretty much broke it to me that it was it was a tumor and he wasn't sure if it was cancerous so that's when he actually referred me to a a, a uc campus and i'll just i just won't mention the the school but i'll just mention it was a uc campus and I had a referral from an oral specialist to go to them. And when I got there, 
made an appointment. I waited probably three months. And when I finally got the appointment and I went, they looked at the referral that I had and they pretty much laughed at me and said that it wasn't any value to them. Either either pay $900 up front for the MRI or get on a, get on a payment plan. So right then and there, my jaw dropped because I was like, wait a minute. I waited all this time and I explained to you where I got this referral and, you know, I didn't get nowhere. So it was another door slammed in my face. So then I went back to my 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 doctor, my primary again. And I I sat there. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I probably sat there four days out of the week for probably five hours just for them to give me attention to actually give me the blood work that I wanted. And by that point, I had already done so much research on. And it's saddening because I came to the own. my. <laughs> I came. I pretty much ended up knowing what I had by myself by just reading all the information online, um, different ailments with cancer and, and all the symptoms and not what. And by that point, that's when I had heard, that's when I had actually read Corey's um, story. And, and by that time, the doctors had pretty much, and it's saddening because I pretty much was telling them what to check me for. I pretty much seen that celiac disease was one of the, the last phases of people with cancer that are pretty much not going to make it. And when I seen that, that's when I went back and I brought it to their attention and, and they did the blood panels. And I'm not going to lie, it was probably 300, 400 vials later that, that they, they confirmed that I did have the celiac, but they did not want to confirm that I had the, the oral cancer. It strikes me that uh, I can't understand why they were avoiding treating you. Uh, and that's the thing. The thing is, is and, and this is the, the sad part that I found out after the fact that I had treated myself. This was probably, I would say, last year, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say I would say mid last year, I came across an article where um, another UC out here in California actually did a, a, a study why they were finding people after they were on the autopsy table with um, stage four and stage um, stage four cancers, right? So people were, 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 were not being properly treated. So they ended up looking into, they started doing more research into the geographical and the demographics of these people. Mm-hmm. And they realized that these people were treated by the state, Medi-Cal. I see. So Fernando, yeah. you, you, you went to Mexico and you got, you had this pus bag as you describe it. And, uh, you got that treated when you came back. Uh, was the pus bag gone, or did you still have some remnants of it left? No, actually, it was it was completely cured. That was the reason why I came back to the states because I didn't. I I was so scared that you know I didn't. I never seen that, and and the way they were explaining to me, it was a really rare case. Mm-hmm. So I was, you know, just by that and hearing that and living through it, I was I was paranoid, and I wasn't gonna come back until I was ready. And and the doctor even told me, you know, come back and. If you feel anything, you just keep on coming right back to me. And, and honestly, between me and you and Corey, God bless me that time, you know, because that, that, that ailment never came back. Well, that's, that's good. But then you have this tumor growing in your, in your cheek, about the size of a, a meaty part of the thumb, and it's continuing yeah. to grow. And then you discover you have celiac disease. So you've, yeah. you're, you've been pounded uh, with this oral cancer and celiac disease. Tell us how you came upon using cannabis oil. It started, like I said, probably about late 2014 when I really started getting desperate to 
mature myself or to find an alternate. At that time, I was, I was probably about 34, 35, from somewhere around there. Um, I've always been an avid cannabis user since a, since a juvenile. Mm-hmm. And I've always known that it's always had some type of medicinal value to it just because I've always, I'm not going to lie, when I was a child, like everybody that's young, you know, you, you, you meet a crowd of people and you fall into the wrong group and you start experimenting. So I had a I had a substance abuse problem when I was younger and I realized that when I needed to actually get off of those, you know, what I mean, all that crap, mm-hmm. I would actually go back to cannabis and just use cannabis and I would rejuvenate myself. And, I, I, you know, at times when you're 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 living that lifestyle, you kind of you kind of just think that that's what it might be doing. But it really is, you know, and I, I remembered and it's funny because a couple of years before I had well, actually, when I started really getting ill, I was taking a, a course uh, for business management and marketing. And right when I was about to finish that, one of my friends actually came to me and told me that he wanted to actually open up a delivery service for medical marijuana. And at that time here in California, it was kind of hard, but I wanted to attack something that was reputable and actually going to, you know, that I felt that was going to help people. So I jumped on board with that and I started hearing people coming to us with product. Um, they were bringing us cannabis oil. They were bringing us extracts. They were bringing us tinctures. And honestly, by that time, I didn't, you know, I was too busy trying to run the business and, and really the market that we were in was pretty much flour. It wasn't, it wasn't tincture or, or any of the extracts, but it always stuck in my head something about that cannabis oil. So then that's when it, it, something triggered in my head and I started doing all this research online. And that's when I actually ran across the story of Mr. Rick Simpson. So that's when I actually tried reaching out to him. And at that time, I, I, I was so fresh to knowing him that I didn't realize that Canada had actually, you know, they had ousted him. He had no choice, you know, and and. So that's when that's when I, I kind of got frustrated. And that's when God brought me to Corey. You know, that's when I ran across her story. And to be honest, I, I, I seen the following she had when I when I first initially read her story and I seen the following. So I was quite skeptical because I seen that she she was very, very busy. I reached out to her either way. I send her a message. And to my surprise, you know, she responded with the greatness of the person that she is. You know, she she opened up her heart and she heard me out. And she pretty much and and the thing was, though, the difference between how I met Corey, it wasn't like how she has a lot of these other people coming to her and begging her and demanding for them, you know, for her to give her the oil or to, you know, all that stuff. I had already done the research prior myself. I had already found a reputable caregiver. I had already, you know, I pretty much knew how to take it, but I just didn't know what to expect or, you know, just certain things. And that's when Corey actually explained a lot to me. And to my surprise, everything that she explained to me on how it was going to reverse my body, mm-hmm. it it was precise. She was right on the head of the nail. Do you remember and talking? Honestly, so, sorry, Fernando, just uh, asking yeah. Corey, do you remember talking to him? I do. Yeah. We spoke quite a few times, actually. Yeah. yeah. So, Fernando, you got, the, uh, you got some oil. Uh, how much did you take? Um, at first, I went with exactly what the protocol is because I actually ended up um, ordering the book from Rick out in um, Croatia. So once I ended up receiving that, I, I pretty much had 
watched so many documentaries on it that were out there and all the stories. I pretty much knew how to take it, but I didn't want to take it until I had more information from Corey and actually having the book because to me the book is like a Bible. Mm-hmm. I live by I live by the medicine now and honestly I'm not like I'm not shy like other people. A lot of people when, when they get this ailment or when they're ill they they shelter themselves thinking that that's the healthiest benefit and in reality it's not you need to reach out and you need to have a support group and that's one of the things that i did as well when when i met when i started seeing all these other people that were in the same situation like me on Corey's um page i actually started reaching out to a lot of them mm-hmm. and i was surprised on how many of them were actually my support net a lot more than my actual family because i'm not gonna lie my family my my father my sisters and them they were skeptical that i was even ill because the doctors didn't want to give me the proper documentation going through what we're going through and feeling what we feel we know what we have when I mean, we know it's not just a, a flu or or something that's just going by you know prior to starting the cannabis oil when you had this uh, this pus bag which you got rid of it and then the, the the tumor in your in your mouth and the celiac disease did you ever think at some point that because the doctors weren't going to help you, that maybe you were going to die? You know what? Honestly, it it was it was it was already there in the front of my my head already. It was one of my main thoughts. But being me being a, a young father, I actually started having children at a very young age. I have four children now and um, we're expecting another one. And that was that was something unexpectedly. But that just goes to show how how the cannabis oil actually rejuvenated my body. Yeah, you're very virile, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, no, and it very no, and it really surprised me because we weren't really trying, you know, we weren't really trying. So me and my wife, you know, we, we were blessed again. And honestly, that's what it is, you know, and and. It's really overwhelming to to think that something that people or the government criminalize and 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 make a big woo-haha about it's saddening because they're probably, you know, and and I'm not saying probably but I know they're actually taking this treatment, you know, silently as well. You know, but it's big pharmaceutical that actually wants to own it and and make the money off of it, but we know what's going to happen then. Look at Tylenol, look at everything else that they they sell. Yeah, you know. So when you were sorry to interrupt, Mm -hmm. when you were taking the 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 cannabis oil, you you started off with a small amount, and then yeah, 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 I actually started off at um, half a grain of rice, and I would take that. I started taking that, and then every other three days, I would start raising the dose. But I started noticing that. See, and that's the thing where I, I really got lucky with the caregiver that I actually have that actually makes the, the medicine for me. When I met him, he, he really didn't. He, he was treating cancer patients, but they were very at early stages. They weren't as far as long as I was. When I was getting the oil from him, I would say it was probably at about 63% THC and about 30% CBD. It was pretty strong and it would get me tired at first, but... Once I started getting to the higher doses where I actually was getting to about half a gram of oil a day, mm-hmm. no, that's when he actually started noticing that it wasn't affecting me no more. And I kind of was complaining to him. So he started getting, you know, he actually started getting more better quality flour and extracting it a different way. And then that's when it really jumped up percentage. So it, it's a pretty quite, it's a pretty quite clean 
process that he does with it. And, and honestly, I was only one of the patients that was able to take a full gram of the oil a day. My tolerance got pretty high. And, and yeah. I would ask him, how are your other patients doing? And he was like, they can't even take as much as you can. He's like, I don't even know how you do it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so wait, but, uh, uh-huh, go ahead. When did you first notice that maybe it was turning around for you? Probably say mid January 8th of 2015. That's when I started the treatment. And I would say probably about August, I started feeling a lot better. But just being scared of, of the ailment coming back, and really the tumors weren't shrinking. And that's the thing the tumors, they did shrink to a point where I would barely feel them. They were probably the tip of a pea. They were really, really small. But the thing that I noticed is when I've talked to other people that actually had cancer and they remove tumors and all this stuff, they tend to grow back and they grow back in different places. You know, I'm kind of on the whim here because I'm not sure because mine's ain't completely gone. They do tend to grow at times with stress, but I don't get any of the the ailments or or any of that stuff. I pretty much got it under control with the oil because I, I still haven't stopped taking it. How many tum- how many tumors did you have in your mouth? I had two. two. I had one in the yeah. I had one in the inner side of my gum and one on the outer side of my gum. Well, that's got to be uncomfortable when it when it was big. No, it really was. It really wasn't. And and the 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 part that really was the worst was that the lymph node was actually running between my ear, so it mm-hmm. would hurt all the way through my my um, temple. So no, it was really painful and just dealing with that and then with, and excuse me, but no, it, I, I had violent diarrhea as well with the celiacs, you yeah. know, it was, it was just all bad all around, you know, and, and honestly, I wouldn't wish that on, on anybody, you know, but you know what, honestly, I've grown to learn this, that a lot of the times we go through these ailments in life because really we're, we're and this is the thing where I don't really want to go on, on, on a religious trip. But it is what it is because a lot of the times God's testing our strength to see if we're willing to stay here. You know, it, it's unfortunate that some people can't handle it. What's your uh, condition of your celiac now? Celiac disease? Completely gone, Corey. Completely gone. I'm actually, I'm actually, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I've been spoiling myself actually trying to gain back some weight. And right. I'm back on a regular diet now. I'm, I'm, I'm back to eating everything and and that's one of the things that we were actually having a conversation at work about today. One of my coworkers, well, actually one of our employees, actually, um, he's dealing with diabetes now. And he's telling me that he's on the alkaline diet and, and he's drinking, he's eating a lot of vegetables. And, and he looks at me and he tells me, it's expensive. I told him, yeah. I told him, imagine when you got to feed a whole family that way. So everybody's on the same support group. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, yeah. so no, it, it gets really expensive. You know, it, 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 but it's a good choice because honestly, a lot of the food that's out on those shelves, a lot of us don't realize that it has preservatives and, and it's more shelf life, you know, and, and that's going to affect us. Yeah. Fernando, you started your treatment on January 8th of 2015. And by the end of October of that year, you were cancer free. Do I have that right? Yeah, correct. Now, do you still have uh, any any sign of the of the tumors in your mouth? Yeah, actually, I still do. Yeah, they're still they're still there. Um, they're still there. Um, like I said, they they do come and go, but I guess it's just due to to normal stress and and you know just things that come and go. But 
like I said, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be taking this oil for the rest of my life because honestly, I don't want to take the chance that it just might be dormant. Yeah. And, I hear you. It, and it just comes back to me. And honestly, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really want any surprises. You know, it, it's kind of, it, it, it's a really scary situation, you know, especially when, when you're in a situation where I was, where the medical system was just pretty much there just watching me rot, you know? Yeah, it sounds like pretty much of a nightmare. Fernando, am I recalling correctly, did you your wife come down with something during this time, too, and you used oil with her? I think we had a discussion about yeah, that. Yeah, actually, yeah, and that's, that's, that's the other thing, too. That's what kind of encouraged me even more to find out how good this medicine was, because my wife was... When she was younger, she actually had um she had signs of early cervical cancer. So what they did is they they froze her eggs and and they did other things to her. And at the same time, when I was getting ill, she started getting ill as well. So I'm very lucky. I'm very lucky because the doctors that she was seeing, they were gonna do a biopsy on her. And when they when they were gonna they postponed it and they kept on postponing it. So right away, I seen that I had a three month window. And with that three month window, I started giving my wife the treatment as well. And she pretty much got to the same amount of doses that I was at within a shorter period of time. And by the time the three months came back and they actually went to go do the biopsy, everything had came back clear. And the doctor was surprised. Yeah, that's great. I mean, both of you on oil, that must have been a great household. <laughs> no, it, no, honestly, no. It, you know what? The kids, I'm not going to lie, the kids probably had more fun than us because we were sleeping a lot of the time. <laughs> Fernando, in, in your, you've just got a remarkable story. What was the biggest challenge for you during that period? Um, you know what? Just staying strong for myself and for my family, really. But you know what? Like I said, if it wasn't if it wasn't for the support group that I built myself, um, I don't think I would have done it. I don't think I would have been able to. I remember having a couple conversations with you where you were wondering whether you were going to be able to. Yeah. No. Yeah. It, 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 you know, you you really you're really on the edge when when it comes down to this and. You know, it, it, it's scary. It's scary. And for anybody that, that goes through it and, and doesn't see it scary or doesn't see the light at the end, you know, it, it, I don't know. You know, it, it's saddening. It's saddening. But, you know, I'm really glad that, that, that I was able to meet, you know, find Corey and actually have her give me the guidance that she did. Because, honestly, I was quite scared. But once I started seeing that everything she was telling me what was going to happen... I was like, yes. You know, I remember telling you, you can do this. You can do this. This is going to work. You know, and I'm glad that I, I continued because honestly, if, if I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here right now. You know, so I, I, I really owe a lot to Corey, you know, and, and that's why I always, every opportunity I get to talk to her, I, I always show her and I always show my gratitude how much I appreciate it. Well, it's I just think that I, it's so much closer. <laughs> <laughs> well, Fernando, you know, one of the ways that you've really paid me back is by sharing your story, and your story is going to help save some lives. I really hope it helps people to, to build up the courage to actually fight for themselves, you know, and, and, and quit really standing behind what the doctors say, because a lot of the times where, you know, the way we grew up, we were raised and taught that the doctors are going to help, but now we're living in a, in a much different age. 
where you know they 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 worry about what they got to do and you know and it's understandable because we're all we all got to work but at the same time you know work and and helping is two different things when you were on the oil uh, fernando and you obviously got uh, a very good supplier and one of the biggest uh, i think one of the most often oft asked questions that we get here is where can i get the oil how much does it cost mm-hmm. and we get that from people and we don't even know where they live yeah and no. you're very lucky in california that you have legal uh, medical marijuana since 1996 and now you have legal recreational marijuana so it's not that difficult for you to obtain it is it no it isn't but but the problem is now is that the government is really catching a whiff of what is doing down here and they're really trying to put a lot of laws to bar it and and they don't realize that by them putting up these laws it's really it's really taking away cuz I'll give you an example um it's always good to make your own medicine mm-hmm. but down here in California you know the prices of the flour itself to actually to actually do what you got to do to it and saturate it with the alcohol and do the whole process it's it's quite it's quite hurtly, you know. It's quite hurtly because it's it's pretty much three four hundred dollars that you're just gonna be using, you know. Mm-hmm. And you eat it pretty quickly if you're doing what you're supposed to. You're gonna go through it fairly quickly, and you're gonna see. And that's where I've gone to see that a lot of people they take advantage of the fact that they're making a product that's so much cleaner and so much better than others that they start charging a lot more than what they should. Mm-hmm. Like I'll give you an example. I I. Out of curiosity, I ordered from a delivery service that was in my area, and I ordered the oil, and I seen that it had a price tag of $35, and and, and it said RSO, and it said that it was lab tested and, and all of that, and it was made exactly the same way that my caregiver makes it. He makes it with CO2 extraction, which is one of the cleanest ways to make the oil. Once I got the oil, it was, it was good. It, was, it actually looked a little bit cleaner than what my caregiver does. But the thing was, is that I paid $35 for half a gram. At that time, I was eating a whole gram. It wasn't even enough to last me a day, you know? So I, yeah. felt, like I, I felt like I wasted it. You know, it was a waste of money. You know, I, I went out there again and I started looking on, on, on there's a, actually an app that's called Weed Maps. I started actually looking on there quite more because I've never had to worry about looking for it. Like I said, I had a reputable caregiver that I had met through one of my other caregivers that actually sells me flour. So I try to keep it in the industry. I try not to, you know, lure too far out because like I like I'm pretty sure you've heard a lot of people get misled, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the sad part about it as well, because people are taking advantage of people. And, you know, and yeah. that's sad. You know, it's just, it's, it's bad. It's bad. But you know what? God, they'll, they'll get what they, you know, reap, they'll, reap what, they'll reap what they sow. Well, but, we always, you know, I think since you've brought this up, I think it's important to just remind people, do not buy from online. It's going to be a scam. Um, and yeah. also, if you get, uh, you know, somebody approaching you and saying, oh, just contact Dr. So-and-so. He's the one that helped me. That's another scam that goes around. And then there's the ones that are, you know, Rick Simpson at Gmail. So to be very, very clear, Rick does not sell oil ever. Yeah, no, he 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 he's got a lot on his plate, so he's he's yeah. just doing good enough with with him releasing the information that he does, and just even him just sharing his story to begin with, you know. So 
Yes, Fernando, well, you've got uh, you have a wonderful story to tell. A uh, great ending that you're uh, you're free of cancer and your celiac disease is in remission. What would you like to say in conclusion to people who may be listening to this who may want to embrace cannabis oil but are somewhat reluctant to do it? Honestly, do yourself probably the best favor you would probably do for your family. It's the healthiest thing that you can probably do. Now I see why a lot of the people throw that 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 facade on the stoner people that they're all hippies and all this and that. No, it's not that. It, what it is is I'm I'm from I'm from Los Angeles. You know, I I live in an urban jungle, and to be honest, this pretty much just being in 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 this community with cannabis and all this, it pretty much brings you back to what human humanity's supposed to be. You know, you, you go back to your old traditions of wanting to grow your own fruit, your own vegetables. You know, you, you actually want to speak to somebody, you know, to see what they might be going through, to see if maybe you might share, you know, a little bit of your information to see if that might open up something. Mm-hmm. You know, not, you know, just for an example, this morning I went to go buy my gel caps at the vitamin shop. And the guy asked me, what are you doing with the empty job caps? Are you building, are you making a compound for yourself? And I started laughing, you know, because I laugh because I get a joy out of sharing my story. So when I started explaining to him that I, I use the job caps to fill my cannabis oil in, he looked at me and he was like, I kind of know a little bit about that. So I kind of started feeding him more information, you know, and, and that's pretty much what, what this oil does. It brings people together that really need it, you know, and, 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 really need this sense of unity because that's what it does. You know, it brings people together. You know, there, there is people that are going to take advantage of it. Like always, you know, it's like everything else, tobacco, Mm -hmm. alcohol, everything else. You know, there was always a, there was always some type of prohibition in this country, you know, and, 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 and it's just, it's just one thing that honestly, I, I'm grateful in a sense that it happened to me, this, this disease, because it really opened up my eyes to see what's really going on in this world around me and not just myself. And hopefully, you know, my story, it'll, it'll hit somebody that's going through the same similarities or they know somebody that's going through the same similarities because I'm only human. I'm just like the rest of, you know, anybody else that's hearing this, you know, it was a very inspiring story, and it's great that uh, you, both you and your wife are on the road to recovery. And it was wonderful to talk to you. Thank you very much for your time. No, thank you, Ian. It was nice talking to you as well. Fernando, thank you so much. No, thank you, Corey. I'll talk to you later, and I, and I appreciate this as well. You take the best of care, hey? All right, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's it, another edition of Cannabis Health Radio. Wherever you are in the world, thanks very much for listening. You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio podcast. Visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, host of Casually Baked the Podcast. If you're curious to explore the highly responsible side of cannabis, farming, and legalization, 
I'm here to help lighten the stigma and build your can of confidence. Download episodes now of Casually Baked the Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And journey with me through the evolving cannabis culture and discover how and why people like you are adding cannabis to their wellness toolkit. It's time to get casually baked.